are underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be going over our top five letdowns in Cleveland sports of our time living, so since 2000. So this is going to be a very interesting episode, especially considering it's Cleveland sports, so there was a multitude of things to choose from. To make it so we didn't all have the same top three, there's three that like we're just going to get out of the way, all three of us together. And then we'll each have our top five, like individual unique ones. So the first one that we're just going to get out of the way is LeBron leaving in 2010. The decision, that whole like hour long TV episode was probably the most depressing thing I've watched in my entire life. I cried. I Yeah. I remember crying yeah. for like weeks because of that. And I broke LeBron's bobblehead. I ripped off his poster off my wall. Yeah. So that was Probably the worst experience for Cleveland fans in recent memory. There are some bad ones in the past, like the fumble and stuff that we won't get into in this video or this episode, but that was definitely the worst one of recent history. The next one is like really broad, but it's just the Browns. Actually, the next two are really broad. It's just the Browns. Like everyone has high hopes every year and we always suck. So we're not going to be except for 2007. Yeah, 2007, we went 10 and 6. So that didn't make the playoffs. That was like a cool year. But <laughs> overall, overall, just the Browns are like as the biggest letdown. There are other one that we can't talk about. We'll talk about specific players or maybe one specific season. But yeah, just the Browns, biggest letdown. And then the next one, just like that, but for more unique reasons, the Indians are our next biggest letdown. I'll start this one off. The Indians in the past... Not even the past 20 years. In the past 12 years, have had two unique and different rosters that are like top of the MLB level rosters, and we've done nothing with them. Gabe, do you want to get into the first roster and like yeah. the specific year what happened? So 2007 and the ALDS, we were the first in the AL Central. I think we won 96 games. We beat the Yankees, uh, 3-1. So that's great. We beat the New York Yankees, the best team usually every year in the AL. And then we went up against the Red Sox. And we lost game one, 10-3, with CC Sabathia starting. Okay, they had Josh Beckett. He was a beast back then. Yeah. And then we rattled off game two, game three, game four. All wins. And uh, the first one, game two, 13-6. Game three, 4-2. But we had Jake Westbrook pitching. So, but And then uh, game four, 7-3. So we were in command of the series. And then we proceeded to blow the next three games. The, and not even close. The Boston Red Sox won 7-1, 12-2, and 11-2. We weren't even close and in the games. And the, uh, the World Series that year was a guaranteed win if we made it to it, the World Series. It was against the yeah. Colorado Rockies. The Rockies. Rocktober was their yeah. saying. They got swept by the Red Sox. Everyone knew whoever was coming out of the AL was going to win the World Series. Yeah. And we choked it. And that was so depressing seeing Manny Ramirez absolutely ball on us <laughs> along with David Ortiz. I mean, like, we literally lost the game to Dasuke Matsuzaka. Like, come on now. <laughs> and if you think back to that Indians lineup, which obviously it might be hard for some people to remember it, 
That team was so filthy. We had CC Sabathia and Cliff Lee, two Cy Young level players at that time. Our hitters were... We, we didn't have Cliff Lee. Oh, we didn't. We had Jake that, Westbrook. I think Westbrook. we still had Cliff Lee that year. No, it was Paul Bird, uh, Jake Westbrook, oh. Roberto Hernandez, or Fausto Carmona, yeah. as people so, know him. We had Cliff Lee the next year, but... That team still. We had Grady Sizemore, Travis Hafner. Gabe, you have the roster pulled up. Who else was on that team? Some Eight key roster. players were Peralta, Johnny Peralta, yeah, Johnny Peralta, Victor, Victor Martinez, Martinez. Half, Travis Hafner, as Drupal Cabrera, um, Casey Blake, Josh Barfield mm-hmm. played. It was okay. That I mean, was when Franklin uh, Gutierrez. That was when Grady yeah. Sizemore was hyped up to be like an AL MVP candidate. And he wasn't that good for that, the, that series. I'm pretty sure he hit like 290 that year. Though. That series, though, he yeah. hit 222. And we also had Kelly Shopik as well. I mean, going into that, we honestly, we were the first in the AL Central, but I don't know if anyone expected us to win the World Series. But when you get up 3 1, especially with like pitchers like CC Sabathia. You expect to close out oh, yeah. at least one yeah. game, but we couldn't do that, and like, it's just frustrating. I remember it being like a surprise that we even beat the Yankees in the way that we did, and then the I fact think that hit a walk off, and there, yeah, and then the at the time when we were you know beating the Red Sox and it was looking like we were gonna go to the World Series and we might actually win it, people were still surprised at the time, and I just a huge letdown that we. Uh, gave up all those games and lost but uh. and to add on top of that the next year we added cliff lee and we only went 81 and 81 and we didn't make the playoffs the year after that we had players breaking into our team like shinsu chu like we said uh michael brantley was starting out with the indians that year that's at that time same with as he was still super young and that year we had 69 wins so like our team just fell off after this series and that Red Sox series just destroyed every player on this roster and made us totally redo the team. Also, by the way, I mentioned Manny Ramirez. He was batting 409 that series Jesus. in seven games. Wow. Oh my god. Uh Kevin Euclid was batting 500 in what seven the... games, 28 at bats. Uh Mike Lowell was batting 333 with 23 at bats and JD Drew was batting 360 with 25 at bats. So they were Killing us, but we were still up three one, and they really didn't get their their stats weren't that good in those first like four games. They just went but off. But they went off yeah. in those last three. But still, Manny Ramirez came back to bite us in the ass. And yeah, so the other instance of Indians being extremely a letdown has been the last three games of twenty sixteen and on. So obviously. No Indians fan could have expected us to make the World Series in 2016. It was an amazing run with probably one of the most fun Indians teams ever. The whole party at Napoli's thing. We had some old guys like Rajah Davis performing well for us, as well as the young duo of Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor really coming into their own. And so, and also like we had the injuries with Michael Brantley. Danny Salazar was hurt. We had a lot of key injuries in our team. So we couldn't have expected to make it. But once you get up 3-1 in a World Series and you have the final game of the series at home, you have to expect to win at least one of them, especially considering we still had Corey Kluber pitching in one of those last three games. We had Andrew Miller, who's honestly that playoffs. The best reliever like probably, we've ever seen. Probably the best reliever in playoffs ever, except for, you could say... Eckersley, Dennis Eckersley yeah. from a long time ago. And Mariano Rivera. Yeah. But like Andrew Miller was up there. He was going to win 
the MVP of the playoffs in the World Series, 100%. And he was pitching filthy. And the fact that we choked that, and especially the way Game 7 went down, we won't talk too much about Game 7 because that's one of us has that on our letdowns list. But, like, that was just the first thing that started the whole downfall and letdown of this Indians team because the next year we went into the season with high expectations again we went on the longest win streak in AL history it's not the longest unbeaten streak but the longest win streak of 22 games and then we blew up in the playoffs blew up in 2018 again and then last year we didn't even make the playoffs we were up 2-0 that in the 2017 against the Yankees and then of course Edwin got hurt yeah. and then we blew those next three games it was it's just that team had so much promise. It was probably yeah. the most fun Cleveland sports teams we've had and year like yeah. with 2016 with the Cavs oh, and, and everything. The like, story with 2016 the city was on fire. Like and we had um Stipe had just won yeah, his Stipe. UFC title. Yeah. Our Lake Erie Monsters. By the way, won. go support Stipe. <laughs> his fights coming up against Cormier August 15th. Yeah. Hopefully he wins. And I don't know if the, he will. The storyline of that year was just written for the Indians to win. The in, the city would have won like five titles in a, in the and it would have been the first year that we'd won a title in like 60 years, but it just blew up and then we choked the next 2 years and our team fell apart. But now we'll move into our own lists now that we've gotten the three big ones out of the way. We're going to go one at a time for each of us. So I'll start with my number 1 overall one. I'm probably the biggest Indians-focused fan here. They're probably my favorite team in Cleveland. If I had to pick a team to win a championship, it's going to be the Browns first. But, like, if the Browns win one, then I'm definitely going for the Indians. I would rather have an Indians championship than the 2016 Cavs championship, yep. even yep. though there's the whole LeBron storyline. I, I would trade that Cavs championship for, for that, that in, For that World Series, 100%. I would. So, my first one is going to be about the Indians. Um, I could say this for, like, over uh, like double digits Indians players over the past 20 years. But the two that I picked out are Michael Brantley and Victor Martinez. Michael Brantley, we didn't sign. And Victor Martinez, we traded at the end of his contract. Letting those two players go was heartbreaking for me as an Indians fan. Victor Martinez is the reason why I became a catcher in baseball. He's my favorite player to ever play for the Indians. And the dude loved Cleveland. So did Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley said he was willing to take a pay cut to play for us compared to what the Astros offered him. And letting both of them walk just like broke my heart as an Indians fan. I can still remember and like to this day picture Victor Martinez crying when he got announced, when the trade to the Red Sox got announced. He had shades on in the interview, and he was just sitting there crying because he wanted to stay. And, like, that was the most heartbreaking moment of, like, my early Cleveland sports fandom. So that's got to be my number one. Yeah, for Michael Brantley, though, you could also point to him in 2016 getting injured. I mean, I, I still think if we had Michael Brantley in 2016, we were a guaranteed lock to win that World Series. He was just such a clutch hitter for us and was really consistent. I mean, one of the most consistent players in the MLB over the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely Michael Brantley would have won us that World Series. He was an MVP-level player throughout 2014 to 2017 so losing him there was really depressing for me it was just losing him from the team especially to a rival in the astros that really really hurt i'm gonna just go through the rest of my top five so number two this is one that i know i think at least one of you has is Kyrie demanding a trade i loved Kyrie on the Cavs. i loved the duo of Kyrie and lebron and 
him demanding to leave just broke my heart. I knew I knew because he demanded the trade, we wouldn't get as much value back for him. And whether I wanted to admit it or not, him demanding a trade meant we weren't going to win another title because like there was nothing much we could get for him since he wanted to leave. And it just totally ruined that whole group we had going. Yeah, that entire offseason, we were talking about adding another piece along with Kyrie and LeBron and taking yeah. Kyrie Yeah, out. we were talking about adding Paul George. Or Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just sort of took the wind out of the I, w- I would have even taken, there was the Eric Bledsoe trade that we almost went through. Like, I would even have taken him because he was a solid piece at the time with the Suns. But yeah, it was tough for everyone. So my third one is selecting Anthony Bennett. I'm not going to put Anthony Bennett as my biggest letdown. I kind of roasted him in the last one where we talked about our least five or our five least favorite Cavs players of the last decade. I can't blame him for being bad. I, yeah, you can. I Okay. Well, I can't blame him for like not being a number one overall pick level player. Because, yeah, he wasn't. Because he like, wasn't. He... Like, I knew going into the year when we picked him that he was not going to be... Like, I didn't know he was going to be as bad as he became. But I knew he wasn't going to be good, and he wasn't going to be worth our number one overall pick. And when we selected him, the fact that I had to look up who the hell is this guy, why did we pick him, just shows that he should not have been picked. And that selection was just depressing as a Cleveland Cavs fan, especially considering the guys we could have gotten to add to Kyrie and then later to LeBron. So I agree with that, but it just wasn't a letdown for some of the people, like you said, because... No one had high hopes for yeah. Anthony Bennett. So for me, it was just the Cavs' decision to pick him, yeah. not like the fact that we added Anthony Bennett. Um, my fourth one is going to be the 2019 Browns. So obviously we already said the Browns as a whole were a letdown, but I think this is definitely the biggest letdown year of the Browns. I thought it was probably just me being optimistic that Freddie Kitchens was going to work. No, it's... I thought him and Baker would figure it out, especially since the, like, interesting sets he drew up in the second half of Baker's rookie year. Like, we were running some weird plays, and it was working. And, like, Baker was looking like a beast with Freddie as the offensive coordinator. So I just, like, convinced myself that it would work. They had a cool dynamic going where, like, they were, like, kind of homies off the field. But it just all exploded. (laughs) It fell apart so hard. Hopefully 2020 isn't going to be another Browns letdown year. It won't. I don't think it will, but... Yeah, 2019 has to make my list. My fifth one's a little bit weird. I honestly, like, besides, like, I could have made all five of mine just Indian seasons and, like, or Brown seasons. But trying to find a specific player to choose was hard for me. I considered a player like Josh Gordon. But my fifth one is Joe Thomas getting injured. So I feel like I kind of had to explain this. Joe Thomas, Cleveland legend. He's one of my top five Cleveland sports athletes all time. I love Joe Thomas. But... Just in the season, I think he got injured in the, was it the 1-15 in 15 season? Or the 0-16? I think it was 1-16. Oh, oh, it was one of those two trash years. It was years. with Hugh Jackson. It was with Hugh Jackson. And sure the one Jackson. cool storyline with our team was Joe Thomas, first snap of his career to, the at that point, had never missed a snap. And he still holds that record. He never missed a snap in his entire NFL career because it's not like he went back to playing after the injury. But, like, I just loved, like, I would genuinely just watch Joe Thomas on some plays of Brown's drives because nothing else was happening. And just seeing him limping off the field, getting helped off the field, and knowing that that was the end of Joe Thomas. That was the 1-15. in Yeah, it was the 1-15 in year. Just knowing that that was the end of his Brown's career was, like, super depressing as a Brown's fan. 
he obviously is not a letdown. He's the exact opposite of that for the Browns. Like, he's a Cleveland legend. But watching him get hurt was extremely depressing and a huge letdown for me that year. So for me, my five biggest personal letdowns, uh, these aren't really in a specific order. And obviously, we've named some of the big ones. But uh, personally, uh, I'm going to start off with Trent Richardson. I was really high on him. Thought he would you know, become one of the best running backs in the league. I got his jersey. Uh, I still have it. I, I think it still kind of fits me. And, uh, <laughs> light, <laughs> light flex. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I mean, just wearing that thing around is, you know, just kind of one of those weird things that people point out when you see you wearing it. Like, who the heck's that? But, you know, I thought he was going to be one of the best running backs in the league, and obviously that just didn't turn out. I think I brought up Trent Richardson in one of our last podcasts saying, like, he didn't have the vision that you need in a running back. I think it was talking about Saquon Barkley. You know, not trying to make the comparison there. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think everyone was kind of let down by this one. I think a lot of people had high hopes for him, including me. But, yeah. The only positive that happened with Trent Richardson was that we traded him for, like, some good picks. But, yeah. then again, we didn't hit on those picks. <laughs> yeah. Think. So... And also another cool story that came out of it was him buying, like, what, 10 Netflix accounts and, like, eight Hulu accounts. (laughs) That was pretty funny. You don't, Trent, if you're listening, you don't need to do that. You know, you can have different accounts on one bill. But, you know, I don't know. (laughs) That was just a funny thing that came out of him. But uh, number two, remember, this isn't in order for me, but uh, was Kyrie saying he wanted to trade? Kyrie was one of my favorite players uh, all time in the, on the Cavs and all time Cleveland favorite player. But um, him demanding a trade kind of just broke me because I had high hopes for the Cavs coming up in, in the next couple seasons. Uh, hopefully we would have gotten, you know, like we mentioned before, you know, trying to get another piece to add to get a championship out of him. But I won't spend too much time talking since we already did. Uh Number three, though, going into, you know, the Kyrie trade was was uh, Isaiah Thomas. I got a Cavs jersey for Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> Mighty IT, MVP <laughs> candidate. Okay. Right. He was an uh, yeah, MVP he was candidate. Third in the vote. Right, you know, when we got him. But, you know, him turning out after his injury was not good. We ended up trading him, and Rightfully he's still so. bad. I... It's just one of those big, like, mysteries. Like, what happened to him other than the injury? I think there was more to it than just that. Like, you don't decline that much as a player just from an injury like that. But I think people started especially realizing that yeah. this dude's tiny as hell. Why are we just letting him get past this? Yeah. <laughs> and it, his shooting statistics got so bad, too. Like, it was tough. But I think I think Boston really hates how they still traded Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie there, but uh, it really both, both was, teams like, lost. Yeah, <laughs> both teams. Well, we got Colin Sexton out of it, so I mean, I'll take that. But Colin Sexton for Kyrie though, like it's still an L. Yeah, and we got Ante Zizic a contract to Real Madrid. So. <laughs> but uh, number was this number four for me is gonna be the 2015 Cavs injuries of Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. If we had even one of them in the finals we would have taken 2015, you know, we would have had back-to-back. I, I can guarantee you that, you know, some Warriors fans may say different, but 
they're not listening, they're not so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything to say about Screw Kelly Olenek. Yeah, I was, Kelly that's Olenek. all I was going to say. I hate Kelly Olenek with a burning passion. I hope... Usually don't wish this upon players, but I hope he gets a career-ending injury. Oh, I hate geez. him so much. I, I want someone oh, to I want someone to rip that man's bad. arm out of his socket. Do exactly what he did to Kevin Love. That was one of the dirtiest plays I've seen. You know he means it because he doesn't even like Kevin Love. Yeah, so. I hate Kevin Love too, and that like that man still makes me so angry. He took a championship away from us, like. By just uh, ripping on Kevin Love's arm, like it was yeah. so dirty. And then the Kyrie, what, what it's was just it? free. His, 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 his knee or something. Yeah, his knee. That was just disappointing seeing him going down because we were still going to win that series at the time. But one bright spot is that we got Matthew Delavadova. Yeah, Delicoat. Yeah. <laughs> we got Matthew Delavadova, so that was a good. Delhi did get to shine in that <laughs> moment, but oh man! And then number five for me, I was having a tough time coming up with something. So I'm just going to say I was at the Game 7 of Indians, you know, World Series 2016, and watching Michael Martinez walk up to the plate (laughs) as our last hope in Game 7 of the World Series was just depressing. (laughs) I knew this dude wasn't going to do anything and that it was over. You know, I didn't start heading for the gates, but uh, it, it was looking that way. Um, yeah, I think the worst part... Well, okay, so first off, the way he ended it, too. He had the weakest little rollover, crappy hit to third base. He let them get their nice moment of it being Chris Bryant to Anthony he Rizzo to slipped, end it. Though. He and, did slip. And, like, just, like, the way... The fact that after, like, Rajai's home run and all of the buildup... Rajai had an RBI single right before, yeah, too. The fact that it ended on a little, like, dinky ground ball to third base... By a player who that was like one of his probably like twenty Indians at bats of his career. Oh, yeah, like he had more than twenty. But yeah, like yeah, yeah. But like the fact that it ended on that just made me so depressed. And the worst part about it for me was I was watching from home. I didn't get to go to the game. And the announcers leading up to the Michael Martinez at bat, they're not like oh like saying stats about this guy. Like he's got a chance to like prove himself in the MLB because he's still like a relatively young guy and. It wasn't like, oh, this is like a big moment in his career. Like, he's got a shot here to win it for the Indians. Their whole analysis was Terry Francona has used all of his substitutions. He cannot get a pinch hitter on the field for Michael Martinez. It's looking over for the Indians. And, like, the fact that it was just ending on them, like, pretty much saying, like, Michael Martinez sucks dick. Like, he's going to get out here and the Indian season's over. It was just so sad, like, watching it unfold. Along, along with um, their top five letdowns, I have my top five letdowns. No particular order. But number one, Jason Kipnis's foul ball in the ninth inning. I mean, it was like a moment of great hope, and then it was taken away immediately. I mean, I, I was at the game, and I was, from my point of view, off the bat, it looked like a home run. It was like an 85 mile per hour off speed. And it was like, a he hit it perfect. He hit it clean and he just pulled it. And yeah. I thought it was a home run. I thought the game was over. And then I actually looked back on the TV and on, off the TV, it looks like a homer. Yeah. The, the trajectory of the ball and everything, it looks like a homer. And then it wasn't. And I honestly, I was really disappointed. And then as you mentioned, we get to see Michael Martinez, you know, walk up and, that was yeah. later, but and still. not mentioned yet in the podcast, really quickly ought to say it. 
the rain delay yeah lost yeah, us yeah. the whole game Ooh. killed our momentum like oh my god yeah so but also putting brian shaw we can get into it we, yeah but brian shaw coming back out was just dumb decision but yeah so um, you can go into your next one i guess then number two johnny manzel um i had very high hopes for johnny manzel Unlike a lot of people. I honestly did, too. I thought he was actually going to be decent. And honestly, he wasn't as bad as everyone says he was on the field. Off the field, he was a straight clown. And he even would admit that. Like, the stuff he did off the field just... I, I knew he would, like, Bailey. party and stuff. But going to L.A. and changing your identity and wearing, like, fake, sung- like, fake sunglasses <laughs> with them. With a mustache, it, like what? What are you doing? Dude? Like, and the worst part about it was every time, like he fucked up or the Browns messed up, the opponents would do the Money Manzel yeah. symbol to us. The and Bills it, game. It was just dude. so oh sad. Like, dude, the, I mean, but like he had some good games, like the San Francisco 49ers game. We won that game. Tennessee Titans we, game. Tennessee Titans game. The Jets game, he had that one great play and then sucked for the rest yeah. of it. He, but... Even the Bills game, I think he had that one long rushing touchdown. Yeah, yeah and, and then, he did the, and you know, he did the, the money, money sign, it... and then we when you know they had like a sack fumble recovery, yeah. and they like were doing it in yeah. his face. But then it got and, reversed yeah. because it actually wasn't. So yeah, but still, Bills. seeing them do that was kind of just like, oh man, that really sucks. Also, just a quick side note, everyone says he's like the biggest bust. But Justin Gilbert, in my opinion, was such a more big uh, was a bigger bust than that dude. Like Justin Gilbert was the ninth overall pick, and didn't do anything. He was out of the league in like two years, I think, or a year. He did less than Johnny, so I don't know how Johnny could be a bigger bust. Number three for me is another Browns moment. It's Corey Coleman dropping the ball <laughs> to go zero and sixteen. I mean, we were driving down. I mean, it was. You know, Deshaun Kaiser. He throws he throws an okay ball to Corey Coleman, and Corey Coleman just he was wide open. Corey Coleman he just decided to wide open. He just decided like, to forget he oh had man. hands. Honestly, Corey, Col- the ball. Corey Coleman himself could be a letdown. Like he was a like fifteenth. I don't 16th know if you expected. I didn't expect much from him. He was a like first round, mid first yeah, round. Yeah, but, but the Browns drafted yeah, him. So like, still, do you trust the player? He didn't, have, he didn't have huge expectations. Yeah, but they were. He was still supposed to be like at least. An okay wide receiver for us. I think know? that was a Ray Farmer, or was that a Sashi Brown draft pick? Uh, I think it was. I think, I think it was Sashi. Mm, I can't remember. I think it was Sashi, but I don't know. I didn't expect a lot from him, and that was depressing. Going zero sixteen, even though like, it, and against the Steelers too. Like, why do we have to lose against the Steelers to go zero sixteen? Yeah. And they were playing their, their B, B team. team. Their the B, B team. team. Oh man. And then, okay, my fourth one is another Browns moment. I was at that game Monday Night Football against the Ravens. Will Will Hill Hill was offside. They blocked the – first off, he was offside. They blocked the field goal, and they take it back. But as he was taking it back, he was out of bounds. He ran out of bounds. They shouldn't have won. (laughs) And maybe the most embarrassing part was watching Cam Irving try to play on the offensive line in that play. He literally fell over and just let the guy run right by him. Cam Irving's still a Cleveland legend, though. That was in my opinion. Okay, <laughs> your opinion is invalid. I can't now. remember like or like I can't really say what the worst you know what worst call would... it is like that Will Hill offsides him stepping out of bounds or like the Duke Johnson ste- fumble like against no, the Redskins. It was, it was stepping. Like, what's a worst? It was Will Hill stepping out of bounds because you have to review the touchdown, right? So they reviewed it. Yeah. They looked at it and they decided. Yeah, he wasn't out of bounds, even yeah. though 
Like, it's right there. You could flip the play, but they didn't. And the Ravens won. The Rat Birds beat us on Monday Night Football. <laughs> I was at that game. That was that yeah. was the atmosphere was really great. Yeah. And I mean, it was so cool. we had we had some pretty good expectations. I think we, I think we scored you know, thirty four points. That it was game. like one of our first you know primetime night football games in a while. Yeah. And you know everyone was kind of hyped about it, and the fact that we lost on that just killed the energy like and then, for that entire season. And then number five, I agree with Nate. The last Brown season. I mean, I've never been more excited besides like the Cavs seasons, but this was the most excited I've ever been for a Brown season, probably since after the 2007 season where he went 10 and six. I thought Derek Anderson was our future quarterback. Turns out he just turned back into his career backup position. But the t- the last season of the Browns last year was just, I, I can't even put into words how, disgusted I was at moments. <laughs> I mean, that Rams game just sticks out. The, the Patriots game. No, the, the Patriots <laughs> game was bad, but the Rams game was like when we actually had some sort of semblance of hope. And yeah, then yeah. he, Freddie Kitchens does a draw play on fourth and nine <laughs> and then is fourth, first and goal with three timeouts and he throws four straight passes and yeah. turns the ball. Like, I there don't know a, what to there say. There were a lot of games that like we should have won you that you can point out like the Seahawks game, the Denver Broncos game, oh, the Denver second the bad. second Pittsburgh Brandon game. Brandon Allen beat oh us. My oh my god, dude. Yeah, that that was really tough. <laughs> that was I think last season was worse than the 0-16 season if Yeah, honestly, yeah, just because by, of expectations. And, and honestly, by the end of the 0-16 season, I was like I was like, yeah, let's go 0-16. Like that yeah, would be kind of cool. But the reason the reason the reason <laughs> the 16 was the such parade. a big letdown was because for some reason I thought Deshaun Kaiser was gonna be good. Yeah. I, I bought into the hype in the preseason. He looked good. And then I don't know if it was his fault or it's just you know, we had Hugh Jackson as our head coach, so I don't know. I expected a some out something out of him. Not one it can't be worse than one in fifteen, but somehow it was. Somehow we did it. All right, with that, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. If any of you have any glaring moments that we've missed or any personal ones that you've just been depressed by in the past 20 years, it's not that hard to think of some that we missed. That We could make a laundry list of these. We've already mentioned like 18 plus, and two of them were just naming teams. So there's (laughs) thousands within that that you can talk about. Let us know on Twitter. Tweet at us what your least favorite Cleveland moment of the past 20 years has been. Or if you want to talk about some historical ones, we know that stuff too. We just didn't want to bring it into this one because it didn't affect any of us personally at the time because obviously we weren't alive. So we're going to wrap it up there. Make sure you check out past episodes if you haven't yet. There's a lot of good ones coming out, and there's a lot of good ones coming out in the future too. So keep a lookout on our Instagram and our Twitter for those. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MadDogPod and uh, like our posts, comment on them, and give us any feedback you have or suggestions on what we, you know what we should do in the future. Anything really helps us. Make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and share it with a couple of friends that you uh, think might be interested in our podcast. Overall, just get involved with the podcast. Go listen to a couple of episodes you haven't yet. Broaden your horizon. Uh, like Respond to our hot takes. Give us some of your own. With that, we're going to wrap this episode up. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening.